Welcome. Pull up a seat, relax, and pour yourself a drink. You're invited to listen in on Bean and Bowman share life stories and personal perspectives. Welcome back to Bean and Bowman. Uh, this is a, a podcast that I think you'll especially enjoy. I'm uh, I'm here with my father-in-law, Steve Bean, and today's topic is thoughts off the top of my head. Okay, this sounds really, really something very, very special. How are you today? Absolutely fine. Uh, never been better. I feel so good. I'd pay $100 for a headache. <laughs> that's that's awesome okay great well i i'm extremely excited about our conversation today uh and um i'd like to get started so please take us there thoughts off the top of your head thoughts off the top of my head exactly actually actually they come out of my mouth but um it's just a better topic title i um what it boils down to is that I have a very interesting hobby. I uh, collect random thoughts on all sorts of subjects. And upon reflection, I've determined that even though they are essentially mutually exclusive, that these random thoughts can be applied uh, to every aspect of your life or to your business, whatever it is you do. So I selected about six of them that I think are uh, top notch. Uh, that you can apply to owning or managing your life, your business, uh, your your life, uh, pretty much anything you do, they're applicable. With the idea that they give you a, a different uh, perspective on your business or your life, and permit you to view it in a different and more productive manner, and hopefully make you more money or make you happier. Um, the first one is never make a permanent decision based upon a temporary emotion. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's done all too often, unfortunately. Acting on a temporary emotion can be risky, be they positive or negative emotions. The best policy is to dwell on that emotion until it calms down, and then you'll be in a position to view it objectively, thus eliminating the possibility of making a huge mistake. Um, the, yeah. people that do, the people that do infomercials are aware of that. They catch you right at the right time, uh, and they, want, they say, you call now, call now, call now. Don't call now. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I tell you that. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that that that's last night. I have to tell you, I almost bought an expensive watch, um, and uh, I didn't. But I have to tell you that it was an emotional feeling. I was attracted to it. Is that the sort of thing that we're talking about? That you know, making a commitment like that over just emotion. Just don't do it so so speedily. That is correct. That is correct. It, uh, it, it, the, the input is designed to kick up your, the dopamine level, make you happy as a lark. Um, you need to learn to avoid that and uh, tolerate it and wait it out a little bit. The watch will still be there. Time will always be told. Uh, there's no rush. Um, Excellent. So that, Thank you. That's a concrete example. Um, uh, my second one is recognize that most decisions you make are by, are by nature open-ended. They're not binary. When mulling over a decision on a specific topic, um, such as um, which product you sell or what you do for a living or which employees to hire, make sure that the issue is viewed in a relatively open-ended and not binary. Yes, no, or higher, 
don't hire, for example, are inter- in, in, examples of binary uh, in nature. In other words, in other words, diff- different features uh, and empl- employees are generally much more complex than you see in one interview. So keep your mind open and you'll be more apt to make the correct decision. Remember the word binary. Love it. I love it. For most decisions. I love it. I love it. I love that idea of uh, of uh, of not just being, in a sense, boxed in, isn't it? So that uh, you're talking about really having an open mind. Fantastic. Right. It's a freedom. It's a, it's a freedom of mind, is what it is. Um, the third one, I happen to, um, I, I like a really uh, a lot, actually. Uh, this this is directly applied to people who own businesses or uh, things of that nature. In reality. Your correct title is really not president or chairman of the board. It's really director of first impressions. You are the director of first impressions. Mm -hmm. That's key. Virtually everything you do creates an impression on the customer, whether it's hours of operation, choice of products, uh, what you're selling, the cleanliness of your facility, the condition of your parking lot, if you have a parking lot, and the behavior of your employees creates a first impression in a current or potential customer. Never forget that. It's mainly you by the sum total of your actions that make you responsible for the first impressions folks have of your business and of you, by the way. Mm, you know, it's so interesting. Last week, uh, my wife, your daughter, and I went, uh, went away for our 30th uh, wedding anniversary. We walked into a hotel, and I have to tell you, the first thing that happened was we were offered a glass of champagne while we were checking in. The aroma uh, of the of the diffusion uh, fragrance was beautiful. Uh, the gentleman behind the counter wore a suit and a tie. I have to tell you, I was already on vacation. First yes, that's a good example. Another good example here in the U.S. of A. is every time you walk into a movie theater, they make sure you smell the popcorn. Okay, you can't help it. It's got a hold on you. It's uh, it's got that sniffer on you, and uh, you're going to you say, you know what? I feel like I could use some popcorn. Hmm. The director of first approval. My uh, the next one is absence of proof is not proof of absence. I collect these sometimes <laughs> things 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 about uh, um, uh, your your um, your business or what you do are not obvious even to you even to you who likely see it numerous times each week. Things may be occurring that you simply are not aware of significantly affect your enterprise. For example. Do you have a water leak? If you have a business like a coin-operated laundry, are drugs being sold in your building? These are the types of hidden happenings uh, that you need to be on the lookout for. There are always things that 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 travel along with every business and every life that you need to be on the lookout for. Uh, even if there's not direct overt proof, it is not proof of absence. They can still be there because they can be perceived by the other people out there, listeners, viewers, whatever it is. So be careful with what you do because everything you do um, impacts on those who are perceiving you. It's very interesting. It makes me think of when you're watching little children and they're and they're playing in the playground and you know one of them will cover their eyes, they'll close their eyes and they'll say, I don't see I don't see you, therefore you're not there. Yes. Little children think like, guess what, little children. That's mm-hmm. what they think like, and they uh, they are they don't mm-hmm. think like adults. Another one I happen to like that I've collected over the years is milestones reached or not milestones held. Just because you reach one doesn't mean it's going to stage. You ever notice how many professional sports teams 
once they win a world championship, rarely, if ever, repeat that accomplishment next year. Same applies to you and to life and to businesses. For example, setting a sales record one year doesn't mean you repeat that feat the following year. Um, you're for a number of reasons. Your expenditures may be higher. You're a different person. The economic environment is different. Um, so milestones reached are not always milestones held. Don't count on that happening. Yeah, it's very interesting. I remember uh, talking with somebody who had uh, received an award for um, uh, what was it now? It was a, it was a scholarly piece, and uh, five years later, they invited him back, and they said, "Could you? We'd like to hear your your dissertation again." And he said, uh, "You know what? I I can't do that. I just can't do it." And they asked him why, and he said, "Because I haven't practiced it at all since I received the award." And it was it was actually very very tragic. It happens in show business all the time. Uh, you've got uh, milestones reached. You won the Academy Award. You never hear about that person again. Uh, it happens in the National Football League in, in, in the United States mm. where there's somebody gets drafted number one or number two, and uh, you never hear about them the following year. Wow. So that's, wow. Something, to al- that's something to always remember. Yeah. Uh, and as regarding the business world, by the way, uh, I have concluded that the business world uh, is – best described as full of classic little deal breakers. There's always a deal breaker out there lurking. You've got to be very careful of that. Um, You have to be, um, you know, you have to be very careful of of what you do. Be careful of your advertising. Um, You know, you know, you want to be the first one to do this or the first one to do. I know the early bird gets a worm, but the second mouse at the trap gets the cheese, (laughs) which is something you might want to ponder. Patience is a weapon of the winner, uh, and you can be demanding without being demeaning. That's another good quality that a lot of people don't have. Um, uh, so, yeah. you know, essentially, and I, and, I, and I had a radio program that was very successful for 12 months. Uh, I had 40,000 listeners, and one of the reasons that it was uh, successful is that uh, I was demanding on the program without being demeaning. Um, so I can sum it up this way. I love to be on the podcast. Show business is my life. What a business. What a life. <laughs> Fantastic. So this is the, these are definitely, uh, for thoughts off the top of your head, these are, are life lessons. And you've really um, articulated them in a way that, you know, uh, anyone can just literally relate to it. Absolutely. One of the things that, for example, in your, in your last example, reminds me of, of how it's all in the details. And that uh, often people don't look at the details, do they? Uh, they seem to gloss over that. And they're looking too much at the overall big picture, which is also important. But if you miss the details, right, those are those classic little deal breakers I think you're talking about. Right. I uh, happened to be taking a walk in my neighborhood uh, yesterday, and I ran across the guy who was building this amazing, amazing million-trillion-dollar house. Mm-hmm. And he came up and he introduced himself to me and um, he was there helping with the construction. This is a very well-known guy. And, um, I, you know, the devil is in the details. The devil is in the details. The fact that mm-hmm. you're carrying a piece of wood and throwing it in the dumpster is a nice detail for me to see. You know, I like to have those kind of neighbors. And uh, this guy's uh, related to some famous movie star and he's uh, very wealthy and um but uh 
it's it's interesting. It's very interesting to watch. Uh, my uh, you know area of expertise is clinical psychology, mm-hmm. and um, it's very 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 interesting. I, our our next podcast, uh, just to give the people a heads up as to what's yeah. coming, our uh, lessons learned from life superstars. I have been very fortunate to meet a number of life superstars. Um, it's not like I go out of my way to meet them. It's just that they sort of end up near me and they, uh, they, they're, tra- they're, the tra- they're attracted they- to you. They, I think they're attracted to you like a moth is attracted to the light. You know, they just kind of, they're, they're, they need to be near you. Yeah. I, I, uh, I attract the uh, superstars and oftentimes very strange people. Yes. Um, they, they all find the same quality. Interesting. I don't know what the strange people, but the superstars and we're, and I'm going to talk about superstars that not only I find to be superstars, but uh, the listening audience would find to be superstars as well. I don't Mm -hmm. know whether uh, you want me to disclose who they are now. No, no, no. I think, I think we're going to, I think we're going to leave that as, as a a teaser uh, for the next podcast. I want to just actually go back for a second and, you know, you you listed uh, six very important thoughts off the top of your head. This is going to be a hard question. I know if you can answer it, but uh, if you were to pick the top one, you know, the, the thing that you're going to literally, you know, that would be the thing that you would write as the, your, you know, your, your motto, um, you know, that, that the elevator statement, you know, the elevator door is closing. And I say to you, hey, Steve, of all those things, what, which one of those six is the one that you're going to carry in your pocket with you every single day? That's a good point. Speaking of, and before I get to that, speaking of elevators, I, I always ask elevator operators the same question. Uh, how do you like your job? I, I, you don't have to answer it. I bet it has its ups and downs. And they all look at me like, you know, that's very clever, actually. Uh, <laughs> and, and it does it does have its ups and downs. Yeah. But it, my, my favorite, I think, if I had to choose one, uh, is never make a permanent decision based upon a temporary emotion. Yeah. And that's where most people most people go wrong. When I talk about classic little deal breakers, that's inherent in a classic little deal breaker. People have a hard time restraining themselves on an emotional level. And if you can learn to do that and learn to put yourself second, that would be my favorite one. Never make a permanent decision based upon a temporary emotion, which reminds me of an interesting story I believe to be true. Um, There was a lady who baked fabulous cookies and um, she was well known around her area and within her family. And people would say to her, aunt, whatever, you got to give me the recipe. She says, see, that's that's where we think differently. I, I, over my dead body, you will get this recipe. Right. And it's, as, as fate would have it, the lady passed on <laughs> and uh, on her tombstone was the recipe. Oh, uh, because it was, in fact, over her dead body. So I thought that that was, um, um, I happen to believe that that was true. Uh, I sort of want to believe that that's a true. But most temporary decisions are made on temporary emotions. And then they regret it. Say, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't gone there. I wish I hadn't bought that. I wish I hadn't done anything in that regard. So if you want to make sure that you're right, why don't you give it a rest for a while? and let it let it settle and uh don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion because that permanent permanent decision is by uh, definition permanent 
because sometimes they can't be unraveled. And if they can't be unraveled, you may have done serious harm uh, to a relationship, to yourself, to the other person, um, to your financial situation, to anything else. Yeah, it also on that last point on a financial situation, it might be uh, an expense that you regretted uh, spending. I had a situation just yesterday where a vendor that I work with and I had just had placed a uh, you know nice size order of items with him and I received the uh, product and it was really quite nice. And then he included with the with the shipment a sample of something else. Which is which was not what I ordered, but then he called me up and he said, "Well, do you like you like the sample?" And I said, uh, "Yeah, it looks nice." And he says, "All right, well, you know, can I can I write you up for an order?" And uh, and part of the emotion had to do with just the his tone of voice. It was it was it was exciting. His ex- voice was exciting. It was come on, let's do the deal. And I said, "Yeah, let's do it. I'll place an order." And I placed an order, and uh, I went down. And I went to talk to, again, my wife, your daughter. And I said, "Um, yeah, I just placed an order for this item. She said, oh, do you really want it? I said, yeah, you know. She said, well, if you don't really want it. I said, she said to me, you're not in a rush for this. You didn't order it. You're not the one who actually placed the order. He's the one who asked you for the order. You didn't place the order. Do you really, is it really, really crucial to have it now? I said, no. She says, okay, well, cancel the order. I said, you're absolutely right. I went ahead, canceled the order, and realized that um, I wasn't in a rush. I could think it through more carefully and perhaps even negotiate better terms. So I think that for me, that example works very, very relevant. You have to overlook salesmanship sometimes. You know, some people are just born salespeople, and the tone of their voice or the way they approach you uh, can influence your thinking. You may feel sorry for them. You may owe, feel you owe them something. Um, right. And- and, and in reality, you have to sort of operate on your own. And there are ways to do that without causing a rift in the relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And there are answers you could give him that would, satis- would, that would satisfy him. But he probably does, does that to everybody. And um, uh, you just are uh, one of those people that uh, likes to make people happy. So it's, it's, not, easy, uh, it's not easy functioning in, in a non-objective world. Everybody is selling something to somebody. Uh, if you go to the doctor, the doctor says, uh, here's what I'd like you to do. And by the way, I want to see you in six weeks. Nah, you don't really want to see me in six weeks. You need to do a new set of golf clubs in six weeks. Um, I don't want to see you in six weeks. Um, so when, do- when doctors, when I go to the doctor, he says, I want to see you back here in six weeks. I said, I'm sure you do, but I don't want to be back here in six weeks. So if I feel like I need to be back here in six weeks, I'll be back. How's your golf game, by the way? Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, everybody is selling something yep. to somebody. Yep. If you go to if you go to a, uh, to a surgeon, they they sell surgery. If you go to a dentist, they sell dental appliances. Ain't nothing shaking but the leaves on the trees, and they wouldn't be shaking if it wasn't for the breeze. And the breeze is what they're selling. Makes sense <laughs> to me. It makes sense. Well, I have to tell you. This has been a really wonderful conversation, and uh, I hope I've, I've enjoyed it, and uh, I hope uh, our listeners have. And uh, again, just want to thank you so much for just sharing these thoughts off the top of your head. Well, I'll tell you this: as we say in the United States, "Be nice to everybody." Tip your bartenders; they're working hard back there for you. And touch. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. My pleasure. I'll be back. <laughs>